I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Insider News Radio KMAN. As tonight, pretty big one inside of Bramlage Coliseum, as K State men's basketball will host the fourth ranked Kansas Jayhawks in the first of two meetings this season between the Cats and Jayhawks. I'm Mitch Fortner, joined here in just a moment via phone line because he has uh, got a busy night tonight. That is uh, Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the Cats, plus A.J. Shaw is on our board today. And the phone number, of course, is 537-1350. Certainly in hour number two, we can take your phone calls. Now, before we uh, start covering the Cats here, did want to pass this along because if you've been listening to K-Man today, you may have heard a couple of promotions and maybe on the morning show, uh, Troy Coverdale talk about this, and that is Briggs Auto Lane presents Passport to Cabo. That's right. We are giving away an eight-day, seven-night, all-expense-pay trip next February to Cabo San Lucas with a two-bedroom beachfront condo at Villa La Valencia. And if you've never, uh, if you want to go give that a quick Google, check that place out, you'll know that we're not messing around with this. And a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport is included in that as well. So additional details, we'll start announcing that on Monday, but we wanted to give you a heads up that we have a big giveaway taking place over the next few months. That is Briggs Auto Lane Passport to Cabo. So we are very excited about that. And also very excited to bring along the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. Wyatt, thanks for your time. Thanks for squeezing me in during this busy Monday. Well, it has been a busy one so far and will continue to be, but uh, good to be on with you, partner. Are you good? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, you know, Cats have lost uh, four in a row. That wish I wish that could be a lot better, but, you know, right now it is what it is. The Cats have ran into a, a bit of a rough patch lately with the Big 12 schedule getting tougher and four losses in a row. Wasn't really expecting that, but... Uh, hopefully they can turn it around today against the Kansas Jayhawks. What a perfect timing that would be to knock off your arch rival in a sold-out Bramlage Coliseum. Let's take a look back, why to uh, last week, and let's start with the Oklahoma game. You know, we, we've seen it now twice this year where there's been two really rough halves in Bramlage, and Jerome Tang has only lost three home games so far in his almost two years at K-State. Well, that first one was its second half Really rough stretch against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And then this last week against Oklahoma with a really tough first half. And I wanted to start there where K-State, I mean, they don't even score a field goal till 10.30 left to go in the first half. 
meanwhile, K-State was still playing some really good defense. It was just offensively a really tough start for the Cats to get out and play well against the Sooners, and they can never battle back and take the lead. That's so well said, and I don't know that I've ever done a game where you go to the second media timeout and one team hasn't scored yet. It was remarkable uh, for me on several fronts, but especially with the fact that, as jaw-dropping as that sounds, the fact that you're still in the game because you were playing pretty darn good defense was also, I think, a positive in a very negative first half. You shoot 50%. The, the opponents, I'm saying, Kansas State shoots 23%, and you're down 35-19, and you just can never recover. Uh, very frustrating because you rarely, you rarely witness anything quite like that, especially in the friendly confines of Bramlage Coliseum. It just made no sense. But give Oklahoma credit. I'm sure you will agree with this. They were the most aggressive team right out of the gate, not by an overabundance, but I thought they played really well early. And as, as that started to take shape, they really captured their confidence, didn't they? I mean, Sam Godwin was really good. McCollum's just a solid player. I thought Jalen Moore maybe played one of his best games as a Sooner. So those guys, uh, they did a nice job. Got to give them credit. Yeah, K-State, um, you know, what I thought was a real big problem was Tyler Perry was trying to take over the game. Really, it felt like all by himself, and he scored 23 points. Mm -hmm. He found a little bit more of that Marquise Noel leadership where as he zigzags to the hoop, he actually got to the hoop and got some layups up in a couple of and-ones. But why? obviously what had to be a key factor at the end of the day is – you know, Arthur Kaluma and Cam Carter only combine for nine points, and they just didn't shoot well from the field. Well, that's it. And they go, what, three for 20 combined and 0 for 10 from three, and that's just not anywhere in the hemisphere of what Arthur and Cam have done all year long. And, and I thought Tyler did an okay job of, of uh, you know, kind of trying to keep K-State in it. David Gasson had nine points. Um, but Will McNair didn't play very well from my perspective. Um, and, I, you know, that's just too much to overcome when you think about how well Oklahoma played, how well they shot the ball, how much K-State struggled offensively, and two of your three star guys just, just have an off night, really. And uh, you, just, you just never make it work. Yeah, it's interesting stretches. As K-State really from three did not have it all night long. They finished four of 28, but they started 0 for 11. Then they went on yeah. to uh, hit, what was it, four of their next seven. So there was a nice stretch there for a minute. And uh, Tyler Perry is a huge part of that. He had three of them. He was three of 10. And then ended the game 0 for 10. Now, this was also coming back from, you know, it's a two-game losing streak. You're back at home. Did you feel like heading into the game against Oklahoma, this would have been a much better matchup for K-State as they were trying to correct a lot of things, and that was, okay, where they're trying to guard without fouling and do a better job rebounding and also got to correct the turnover issues. Did you think that Oklahoma matchup was going to be better for K-State to correct those things? Well, I kind of did going into it, but only because you're back home um, and after a very difficult trip with the very, very close loss and the, the controversy at Iowa State, and then just you know pretty much getting raced at, at Oklahoma at the Houston rather, uh, you just kind of feel like with the juice of being in Bramlage and being back home that 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 can help you. But but it and not that it didn't help some, but it, it they just started so poorly they could never get past that. 
Um, but I will say this, and, and sometimes, you know, we make the mistake of not looking at the other side of the coin. Think about what Oklahoma did. They had gone 0-2 at home in their previous two games, and then they have to come in here and play in one of the most difficult environments in the league and, and play really solid basketball. I think you have to tip your cap to them um, because they, they had back-to-back roadies. After they left here, they went to UCF, and they never led in that game. They never led in that game. So they, they spent some energy here, uh, and you take a split, I suppose, in this league every time because, <laughs> you know, it's just what they're, they're four and five in the league now, just like K-State. So it's hard, no doubt. K-State gets uh, really crushed in the paint, 40-18 to 18 in favor of Oklahoma. But K-State never gave up. I mean, they got within seven points, and then after they got within seven, it's a timeout for Oklahoma and Porter Mosier, who and he was also really upset about something. Um, a review didn't go his way, but ever since that took place, it was really all Sooners from there, and K-State's yeah. spirits kind of left them. as They didn't look uh, too thrilled to be out there in the final six minutes or so of the game. And I mean, plus why we all know when you're playing in the Octagon of Doom, it doesn't matter what home team is playing, you know, whoever you want to talk about in, in college basketball, if you have the home crowd, yes, that can be a big advantage, but clearly you got to have them, you got to give them something to cheer for. You got to have something for them to really care about. And it kind of goes back to that rough stretch there to begin the game that there just wasn't a whole lot to cheer for. You got a minute, but then you didn't finish. Yeah, and I would add to what you're saying. You you mentioned getting crushed in the paint, forty to eighteen. That wasn't just Sam Godwin either, necessarily right. or second chance points, but it was Jalen Moore off the dribble. Javian McCollum was just a handful off the bounce. Otega Owe only made two shots all night, but I'm going to guess both of them were off the dribble. And I thought Torres was really good too. He had ten and five. Uh, with an assist in the game. And and so you put all of that together, and, and then you look at 19 uh, points off K-State turnovers because the Cats had the 14 turnovers and only had eight assists on only 16 made field goals. It was just, <laughs> you know, I think what, we're, what we've described here in the last few minutes was a very, very frustrating night, maybe one of the most frustrating offensive nights that K-State has endured in a long, long time. We're joined by the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, here on Wildcat Insider. Wyatt, then Saturday, at a 1 o'clock tip-off in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That was another loss for K-State. Really disappointing loss with the Cowboys being the worst team in the Big 12. They're struggling. No Bryce Thompson. And Cats lose uh, 75-72, which uh, I guess it really was a tale of two halves. Before we really break down this game, what was the environment like? I was expecting Gallagher-Iba to be somewhat of a ghost town. Well, that's probably right on the money. And I would also add that I had heard a couple of, uh, they announced the attendance at 76.23, and that's probably tickets sold. I think there was probably more like, I'm going to just guess maybe 4,500 to five in the house, and that may be a little bit above. But the interesting part for me was, and I mean this sincerely, I think over a third were, were wearing purple. That's the second year in a row K-State has gone down there and has really had a good showing of Wildcat fans. And unfortunately, you know, K-State didn't get it done. They got off to a, uh, a good start, I thought. They, they tweaked the lineup a little bit, um, you know, jumped out to that lead of 24-17, and I thought that was one of the key parts of the game because they were doing some good things. It wasn't perfect, but solid. And then the next thing you know, um, you, you see – a 12 nothing Oklahoma State run, 
And after being the better team for 15 of the first 20 minutes, you go down into halftime down to 29-27. That just had to sting like crazy, right? I mean, that's, that, it just shouldn't have been that way. Yeah, the lineup change was that Will McNair and David Gasson, um, they didn't start. Now, Will McNair did come off the bench and go 6 of 7 from the floor, 12 points and 9 rebounds. And we know that he's had certainly his up and downs in Big 12 play, maybe more downs and ups as of late. But I'll ask you about David. I mean, what to you has been was the impact in that game against uh, Oklahoma State where David, because of a, you know, he's, what is he dealing with the foot injury that that he has to be really limited and had to beg to get into the game in the second half. Well, and begging's a good way to put it. He really was pleading to, to go in. And, and I guess I have to just come clean here, full disclosure. I didn't realize David was struggling as much as he was with, with what they said was some knee tendonitis, and I think that was the biggest deal. Uh, I, and, and Coach Tang uh, said after the game in the press conference that he – honestly really didn't want to play David, but that got to the point where he had no choice. So that, that made it most difficult. And I, I think, you know, they, they wanted to shake up the lineup a little bit and, and give Day-Day an opportunity. And, and frankly, Jarrell probably an opportunity too, because of, you know, what Will had done lately. It makes sense. Uh, but, but not having David certainly was, was a factor, I think. It, and, and it was a factor too that OSU, you know, was playing without Bryce Thompson. But I'm going to tell you the truth. The guy that they inserted into the lineup to replace Bryce Thompson was Keon Williams. And I don't know if you've looked at his line score, dude, but he had 17 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, made six of 13 shots, and I thought was the single best player on the floor most of the day, just in terms of his his ability to, to be in overdrive, meaning playing hard, for all of the minutes that he was in there, he played almost 36 minutes. He, he was a real key in the game, in my mind. And a couple of things that you know really turned out to be crushing about K-State's effort, because I think you can take away some positives, but maybe then you switch the negatives and it canceled out the positive. And I really like that K-State did score 45 points in the second half. You get a combined 50 points, Wyatt, from Arthur, Tyler, and Cam after Arthur and Cam really struggled to score against Oklahoma. Tyler is really starting to put the team on his back, at least trying to, and trying to be that leader, the point guard that this team really wants him to be. But then on the flip side, the defense gives up 46 points. And, and I'll ask you this, why the, the defense, did they take a, you know, a step back or two steps back in this game against Oklahoma State? Probably so. I think probably so. And, and the reason I say that is, and, and again, I guess you can make out of, numbers that anything you want to but but this one is pretty hard to top i think osu in the first half made only 10 of 32 shots but in the second half shot 59.3 percent which topped k-state's second half effort of 56-3 i mean it's pretty hard to beat anybody on their home floor in a half when you're down by two if you're going to let them shoot nearly 60 percent your, your chances of winning are are pretty slim and yet k-state had a chance or two um I really liked their fight. Um, I didn't like the way the game finished in the last couple of minutes, but I thought they were competing. Uh, but but it's a <laughs> we've said this a lot here, and, and that's what happens when you you lose four in a row. But that was a disappointing game from the standpoint of you were playing the team with the worst record in the league 
albeit on their floor. And I think we all feel like K-State's the better team and yet didn't win the game. I mean, case I mean, you look at the second half. I mean, it was pretty even. I mean, K State and was trying to go blow for blow, and it, you can even see that vice versa. Oklahoma State was trying to go yeah. blow for blow, but they were also. I mean, they were hitting shots at the end of the first half, and then it seemed like there for a while they couldn't miss. Um, there in the second half, and they had a number of guys scoring. I mean, Oklahoma State finished with. Let me count this up: five guys in double figures. Five yeah. guys in double figures. Yeah, and they made nine of twenty-six threes, which which isn't just mind-blowing necessarily except you go just to that second half and they're six out of 12 and k-state was six of 13 k-state played good enough offense to win the game but in the second half their defense was not good enough and i i I probably should have mentioned a, a couple of guys that i thought really helped oklahoma state too and really honestly uh, both of them probably were a little bit of a surprise and one was uh Jamiron keller the freshman he had 12 points and a total of four rebounds in a little less than 25 minutes, and he had not been doing a whole lot lately. Um, and then I got, got to go back to Keon Williams. I, I just thought he was a real key guy. Um, and, and then Javon Small, he's a really good player. I like him a lot, but he's not a three-point shooter. But if you look at the box score, he makes three threes, goes three out of five, and that was really big for OSU too. They, they needed a win. They, their backs were to the wall, and they found a way. The voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, joins us here in the first hour of Wildcat Insider over the phone as he gets ready for his broadcast tonight, which starts at 7 o'clock for pregame coverage. And that is against the 18-4 and Kansas Jayhawks, who are now number four in the country after this past Saturday, taking care of Houston at home and in very impressive fashion. And uh, again, tip off a little after 8 o'clock. And if you want to listen to Manhattan High basketball tonight, they host Washburn Rule. That'll be an online-only broadcast, newsradiokman.com. As at 6 o'clock, we will have the Jeff Mitty Show. We'll take a break. One more segment with Wyatt when we come back, and we'll take a look at the Kansas Jayhawks next on Wildcat Insider. Back on Wildcat Insider. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, who calls in today as uh, the Cats get set for the Kansas Jayhawks. Big one in Bramlage tonight. It is a sold-out crowd. I'm sure students are already lining up, and they've been out there for quite some time as uh, KU and K-State tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here at 7 with Wyatt Thompson and Sten Weber on the broadcast. Wyatt, we take a look now at the Kansas Jayhawks, who are 18-4. and They are coming off an extremely impressive win over Houston, and, and KU was actually, I believe, an underdog going into that game, according to Vegas, and Kansas wins by 13 points, 78-65. They really broke it open in that first half, and it was an even game in the second half. 
Uh, we can actually start there. I mean, Kansas was just offensively doing what they wanted to do, especially inside, scoring 78% of their two-point shots, which happened to be their final points for the game. They really got after the best defense in the nation. They did. It's remarkable for me to have watched Houston not that long ago on a Saturday down there a week ago yesterday, or a couple of days ago, and and know what they did defensively to K-State and then see Kansas light them up, making 31 of 45 shots, almost 69%. That's remarkable. And Houston gave up 43 to Kansas in the first half alone. And KU just overwhelmed them, Um, killed them on the glass, outscored them 42-24 in the paint. They did just a a marvelous job offensively against one of the best defensive teams, if not the best defensive team in all of college basketball. It's pretty impressive. You're certainly catching Kansas at a time where they're maybe, maybe they're hitting their stride. Now, again, three games ago, they lost on the road in Ames and then had back-to-back home games against Oklahoma state and, um, and Houston on Saturday. So we'll see as they go back out onto the road, but it looks like they're turning corner a little bit for sure. I mean, they're a top four team. They're the, the number four team. They take Houston's spot. They're 18 and four, yeah. six and three in the conference. There are three losses in conference play. I mean, two of the three you, you don't expect. They lose at UCF by five, they lose at West Virginia by six, and the Mountaineers were shooting lights out. And then they lose at Iowa State, where Iowa State really controlled the game. They even got to double digits with the lead. KU just really did a great job of staying in that game. But of course, what Iowa State did was. For a long, or you know, into the first half and a lot of the second half, they were just lights out from three point range. Is that? I mean, I don't know how much research you've done into that, but would you say that would be the common denominator? Is that the opponents when KU was playing on the road was just shooting at a very high clip? I, I think that's probably, generally speaking, probably accurate. I think Iowa State more than the other two. Uh, if I'm being perfectly blunt and honest here, I think. Uh, West Virginia caught KU uh, when they were off a little bit and maybe had a flat night. Uh, the UCF game, I think UCF, uh, if, if, if the truth be told on that one, I think their length and athleticism bothered Kansas. So in a nutshell, that's, I think, the difference in those three. Well, let's uh, dig into now the Kansas Jayhawks and um, you know just what they do and what they do well and uh, – you know, back-to-back years, what does stand out to me is back-to-back years, they're actually the the worst team in the Big 12 and one of the worst teams in the nation in bench points. They don't get a ton of contribution with points coming from their bench, but their starting five can be put up against anybody in the country, and KU has a good shot of winning. They are that good, and guys that are going to average over 31, 32 minutes a game, talking about the entire starting lineup. Well, that's an interesting take because I think you're totally a thousand percent accurate but the real key to that thing is I think we all understand now what Hunter Dickinson and KJ Adams and Kevin McCullough and Dewan Harris are all about but KU started to kind of turn things around a little bit when they inserted Johnny Furphy into the starting lineup in place of Marco Jackson and over his last six games he's averaged nearly 16 points he's shooting just crazy good from three-point range in that stretch I'm talking like 55%, man. He's just been scorching hot. And, and he's athletic. He's long. I mean, he's just, he's basically a 6'9 two-guard. Uh, for those who don't know anything about him, he, he uh, is from Melbourne, Australia, and reclassified to the 2023 class. 
uh, kind of blew up late, and KU was fortunate to see him and get him, and he's made a real difference. I, I think he's more physical than you think he is, even though he's only going to get stronger and better. Uh, and that's, again, you're right. They're a little bit weakish on the bench. They get a little bit from El Marco Jackson. They get a little bit from time to time with, you know, guys like Jamari McDowell and, and Parker Brown and Nicholas Timberlake. But it, they lean on those five, and they should. Those, those five are awfully, awfully good. KU has never been known to have the best player off the bench in Big in Big Twelve. They've they've never I mean, they've only had believe it or not one time ever has KU had the sixth man of the year in the Big Twelve, and that was Sharon Collins, and that was back in the day. You're talking 0708 when the Jayhawks won the national championship. K State's had a handful yeah. of of sixth guys, so yeah, they don't. And I was looking at their box score from the Houston game just a little bit ago. I mean, at the most, you had El Marco Jackson playing nine minutes so I mean you where K-State has to focus on getting their big three going KU has a couple of extra guys that not only can score but they're so good at passing the ball yeah well that's one of their biggest strengths and they have several of course but they lead the country in assists you know you look at that they're, they're averaging 21 assists per game what does that mean well K-State averages 14 and a half so that's that's just pretty much a step up, but they're also second in the country in field goal percentage, tenth in assisted turnover ratio, which tells you they have a really great point guard who never turns it over, and then they're fourteenth in field goal percentage defense, which, you know, that field goal percentage defense is a big stat too. Their opponents are shooting just over thirty nine percent against them. So yeah, th- those five guys are are really really good. They have boat boatload of experience with with those guys. 116 games for Dickinson and 95 for KJ, 133 for McCullough, and 127 for Dewan Harris. And you hear coaches say it every day when you do this for a living, man. Get old, stay old, and they are. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. It's funny too. You say you have to go back to Sharon Collins. After that, a season or two later, right? You remember? You remember people were talking about him being the best player in college basketball. So it's it's it is what it is. They they get good players. Why uh, we can end it with this? Do you think there? Give me the, the your keys to what is it going to take for K State? What stands out to you the most about what it's going to take K State to win this game against KU in a game where I'm sure not many people are going to pick K State to win because they've lost four in a row. Their spirits are probably down right now. Jerome Tang wants to find some energy in this te- team and at the same time control their own destiny and not become. The victim. So, you know, what really stands out of what has to go well for K State to win? Well, I think you could say the the things that you hope happen anyway, like the crowd is juiced and, and really ready to explode. Okay. And K State today, tonight, goes out and plays well in the first few minutes and captures some confidence, much like Iowa State did when they had Kansas at home or West Virginia. You know, if, if those couple of things happen, you know, Keep in mind now, it hasn't been that long ago that K-State beat Baylor here. Um, so, so it isn't like they're not capable, right? But they have to do some things tonight so much better than they have been lately. KU's a decent rebounding team, obviously. K-State's got to compete with them there, not just get smoked on the glass. Um, you, you can't one, – one thing that's hurt them here lately, too, is you'll, they seem to have a stretch of, of several minutes where they just don't play well on either end of the floor. And you cannot do that against a team like this and probably survive it. So there are tons of things. 
but I would highlight some of those right out of the gate. I, I, I really do hope that they get a couple, two or three shots early and get the joint hopping a little bit, and and then maybe we'll see game on. You, you never know. you got to do a lot of good things to beat a team like this, and I, I hope they have it in on tonight. There's no doubt, and there's been worse K-State teams to beat better KU teams, so it's not impossible. <laughs> you yeah. never know. It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. It's national television. It's Big Monday, ESPN. John Shabby and Jay Billis will be in the building. It's still a big one. Even though K-State's lost four in a row, it's still a huge game. The Cats get it done. Wyatt will find out what happens tonight. You start at uh, 7 o'clock for pregame coverage and tip off a few minutes after 8. Wyatt, thanks for uh, squeezing me in, and we'll see you tonight in Bramlage. As always, I appreciate the opportunity, buddy. Thank you so much. That's the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, here on Wildcat Insider. We'll take a break. More on Wildcat Insider coming up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back on Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner and A.J. Shaw, just us two in studio. As... Troy Coverdale will have uh, coverage of Manhattan High School Hoops tonight, online-only news radio, kman.com. As they host Washburn Rule, get underway at about 6 o'clock. So as soon as this show is over, we will uh, online coverage will switch over to Manhattan High Hoops. Here on K-Man, we will have the Jeff Mitty Show at 6 o'clock until 7. And then right at 7, of course, we'll start pregame coverage of uh, the K-State men taking on the Kansas Jayhawks, who are now the number four team in the nation. They've won their last couple of games. Meanwhile, they're just one and three on the road in Big 12 play. Their only win on the road in the conference was just recently at Oklahoma State, who K-State just lost to without Bryce Thompson for the Cowboys. And uh, KU won that game 90-66. to Really wasn't a contest at all. So it goes without saying, K-State will have their hands full tonight with KU, which, by the way, uh, tips off officially tonight at 8.07. So you'll have a, a few minutes um, extra to get inside Bramlage Coliseum tonight to watch the Cats and uh, Jayhawks. And I'm sure uh, the, K- the K-State students that are lined up out there to get into this game are, are, are chomping at the bit for the doors to open because I'm sure they've been out there for hours. Um, and by the way, what is it? what's the temperature right now, AJ? 45 in Manhattan. So I, you know... For the K-State KU game, that's a pretty solid temperature to be waiting outside. I I remember the 2010 game. College game day was here. Um, let's see. I got in line. Well, the parking lot didn't open till six. But six at night or six in the morning? Well, six in the morning. Okay. It was I think a five o'clock tip. Okay. But college game day was there, so we lined up early. So we could get into college game day. The the whole order situation on how to line up, and I wasn't even a K-State student. 
and uh, that that was completely different. But it was by groups, and then if you didn't have a group, you join this other line, and you, and you get a number. And if you were within one through fifty, you get into the game. If not, you're screwed, um, or something like that. So I had to jump in that line right at six o'clock. I I had to be at the starting line, ready to sprint to beat everybody else to this particular spot. And by the way, that day, I think it was about 15 degrees. Oh, my goodness. So once you left college game day, which we got in two hours early, which was nice, once that wrapped up, you're back outside for another six hours or something like that (laughs) into the cold. And it was a long day. And by the way, that game went to overtime and the Cats lost like two or three points. So very long day. That was a very good KU team. So, yes, it was. Thirty-three and three that year. I think when I think K State were was K State and KU both top ten at that point. Uh, K State finished at year seven. Let me look here. Because you're talking, yeah, K State was eleven. Yeah, you're talking. This was January of 2010. Jacob pulling in shape. Yes. That that was that year. Um, By the way, uh, if you haven't heard yet, man, are we doing something really awesome here over the next couple of months? That is Briggs Auto Lane Passport to Cabo. We want to send you, along with Briggs Auto Lane, Briggs Auto Lane and us, we want to send you to Cabo San Lucas. All expenses, pay trip that'll take place next February in Cabo with a two bedroom beachfront condo in Villa Val- Valencia, which is a beautiful place. And a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport. Now, there's more details to come, and that'll start next week, including our first location, our first sponsor location next week to get potential finalists signed up. So we're very much looking forward to this. We're just getting started. Stay tuned here to K-Man for more details to come very, very soon. We have not talked K-State women's basketball yet, who last week was the number two team in the nation. But last week also had to play two very tough road trips. Oklahoma last Wednesday, which is one of the hottest teams in America right now. And Texas, who matchup-wise, without Aoka Lee, was going to be extremely tough. Cats lose to Oklahoma. Uh, Let's see, I lost my papers here. Cats lost to Oklahoma on the women's side. Final score was... 66-63, which, by the way, was a really good game if you just want to watch college basketball and you're interested in what the top teams in the nation are up to. You were treated to a very solid game. You're talking about a game that had 13 lead changes and 10 ties, a back-and-forth seesaw contest where K-State was in it the entire time. Oklahoma, like K-State, they were just going blow for blow, trading shots for shots. K-State falls just a few points short. Kind of came down to that fourth quarter where Oklahoma was just a little bit better and K-State shooting the basketball and turning it over was just a little bit too much. In that fourth quarter, K-State shot just four of 16 for 25%. A couple of those were three-pointers, and those were early in the in the quarter for K-State to stay really close or take the lead against Oklahoma. The Sooners shot 46.2% um, uh, in that fourth quarter. Sky Van, Skyler Van, who I mentioned uh, last week for Oklahoma, was going to be a really tough one to stop. Like Gustin uh, from, from BYU. Powerful forward, strong, knows how to get in position, and that's what she did a good job of doing. 21 points 
and eight rebounds. Meanwhile, that was also something that was very pleasant to see for K-State was Gisela Sanchez. Had back-to-back games, 18 points, and we saw somebody come off the bench if Yoki was playing and now starting, which this is what you want. Depth, step up when minutes are available, fill in the shoes of somebody that's basically impossible to fill the shoes of, who's not a five, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, didn't do a great job defensively from that position. You would see more Gabby Gregory try to take over that spot and body somebody up and try to play good defense, but that was still really tough. But on the offensive end, hit three threes, scored 18 points. She was K-State leading scorer, 15 as well from Serena Sendell, who played every single minute, was not going to come out of that game, and has been playing solid in Big 12 play. It is first-team Big 12 level of play from Serena Sundell um, against the Oklahoma Sooners. Meanwhile, against the Texas Longhorns, K-State loses uh, 61-54. Just a mismatch there for K-State. Texas being the more athletic team, being almost 100% healthy, with, of course, without Rory Harmon, who's out for the year with a knee injury. She's their point guard and a great defender. So, I mean, basically heading into that game, Casey obviously without Ayoka Lee, and now for a while Texas has been, out, been without Rory Harmon. But Texas, I mean, they controlled the game for the whole night. K-State just couldn't keep up with Texas, who was hitting shots, getting inside. K-State did have a stretch, though, at the end where they made it really interesting. They got within a couple of possessions, and then Texas was able to bring it back out to, you know, eight or nine points, and K-State ends up losing by seven. You know, the the, the final score did not tell the whole story of the game. What K-State really struggled with was Texas getting those offensive rebounds and the putback points. The difference in the game to me was Texas offensive rebounding and second chance points. And that's what Texas does really well, being so athletic, having their bigs available, their very talented athletic bigs. They were grabbing those rebounds and getting those putbacks. Serena Sundell, 14 points, got a couple of rebounds, eight assists in the game, 18 points off the bench. Eliza Moppin was back. Uh, She was really, to me, the true spark. And it was great to see off the bench. K-State got 27 points off the bench with Moppin and Zy Walker combining for 26. What you don't like seeing, though, is Briley Glenn, who can hit shots, Gabri Gregory, who's been hot and cold. Uh, they both don't score in the game. So I think the Oklahoma game, K-State would really want to have back. Texas, I just think without Aoka Lee, is a really tough matchup, but I give K-State all the credit in the world for making a single-digit game, only losing the game by seven. They showed a lot of fight in that fourth quarter. But the K-State women are now 20-3, and 8-2 in Big 12 play. It's not over with. K-State's fine. Actually, actually, I think they have this wrong on the uh, nine and two on the box score. I was going to say, yeah, they're 9-2 in Big 12 play. They started 9-0. and What's great is now they're going to have almost a week off before they host Oklahoma State on Saturday. Let's take a final break of the hour and uh, take a look at the Big 12 scoreboard from this past Saturday next. Will we hear Sandstorm tonight in Bramlage? I don't know. But I hope we do. Although there there, there was that one time that uh, Sandstorm was played at the under four. Cats are up. And then KU Storm's back and I think they win the game. <laughs> after, after hearing Sandstorm, they really embraced 
the environment. And uh, I think KU was that night was uh, more influenced by Sandstorm than K-State was. I can't pinpoint what year that was. I do remember that happening. All right, taking a look at uh, the Big 12 scoreboard from this past Saturday. What clearly stands out about that, other than K-State losing to Oklahoma State, was KU beating Houston. Um, and they did it in impressive fashion. KU scores 78 points against the number one defense in the nation. That was the most points Houston had given up. Now, of course, it's you know, you're playing in Allen Fieldhouse. Wasn't really any, anything about the calls. It was KU having a much better first half than Houston. It was a 50-50 game in the second half. But KU dominated inside. KU was 78% from two. 78%. That is insane. When you're playing against the best defense in the nation, incredible. You could be playing against the 200th best defense in the nation, and 78% is still insanely good. Houston, on the flip side, inside, because they had a, you know, and KU took like 13 threes in the game. They barely had to shoot it. Houston was 40% from two uh, in that game. So KU just really played a solid game. Meanwhile, what a sloppy, ugly, fouls, technical fouls, ref-driven game that Baylor and Iowa State was on Saturday. Baylor squeaks out with the win 70-68. to Baylor improves to 5-3 and three in Big 12 play. Also, shout-out to Cincinnati. They go into Lubbock and beat Texas Tech 75-72 for their fourth win in Big 12 play. Uh, taking a look at the Big 12 men's basketball standings, tied for first place is KU and Houston at 6-3. and three. Already halfway through, three losses is first place in the Big 12. 5-3 and three, tied for third is Baylor, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. And right now tied for eighth in the conference at 4-5 and five is Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Texas, and K-State. Hour 2 of Wildcat Insider is coming up after uh, our local news, of course. And that'll feature Mitch Palm against the Kansas Jayhawks. Stick around. You're listening to Wildcat Insider on Wildcat Insider.